Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Today, we've got a great story of revenge against somebody that messed with an employee's paycheck. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, don't want to pay the agreed price? I have a solution for that. This is a short and sweet story. My dad's good friend did rubbish collections for a while when he was skint. Essentially a man with a van who would lump all of your rubbish into the back of his pickup and get rid of it for a fixed price. He agreed a price to clear a lot of rubbish from a customer's house, which took him half a day and filled his van. As he was about to drive off, he requested payment. Knowing that he'd invested a lot of time and effort into collecting and loading all this rubbish, the customer tried to capitalize on his vulnerability and knock him down on price. After a few choice words and the customer not budging, my dad's mate got in his van without taking any money and started to drive off. He then backed up onto the customer's drive. Here's where it gets interesting. What the customer obviously didn't realize was the van was a tipper van. As the bed of the van started rising, the customer was frantically offering the full amount of payment. My dad's mate, even though he was skint, refused to stop the tipper function and said the rubbish was piled up so high, the customer who was standing there bewildered wouldn't have been able to get in the front door. He drove off skint and happy. I think this is absolutely the right way to handle this regardless because if you've proven yourself to not be a reliable customer, as in you try to get the advantage and then try to haggle them down when you've got them in a compromising situation, it's time to cut off any kind of business with somebody like that. Somebody that's not going to do right and be honest. Enjoy your pile of trash, bro. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is Petty Revenge from a Teenager. This story takes place at an ice cream shop. I, 15-year-old male, was sent to buy some ice cream because some relatives would come to eat with us. I went to the ice cream shop and it was packed. I waited around 20 minutes for my turn. When my turn arrived, an old couple from those entitled ones tried to steal my turn. I politely explained to them that it's my turn and that they have to wait. I think they skipped some more customers. They insist that they've been waiting longer than me and that it's their turn. They ignore me and order one kilogram of vanilla ice cream. At the time, not much vanilla ice cream was left. Back to the conflict, a gentleman told the couple that it was indeed my turn and that they should wait. Finally, they let me order and guess what, I did. I told the employee to fill the container with vanilla and the remaining space with strawberry. The look on the face of the couple was amazing. Even other customers were laughing and the employee was trying to cover hers. I said bye to the couple and left. I know it was really petty, but I would do the same again if I had the chance. If the couple was kind, I wouldn't be so petty. I only did what I did due to their entitlement. This is literally a classic case of revenge is a dish best served cold, with also a little bit of strawberry. The only downside is you have to eat all that vanilla ice cream. It's good, but it's the basics. Now if they had like a cookie dough, or they had like a brownie bite, or like a peanut butter, then that would have made this revenge. 10 times sweeter, and you guys can't change my mind on that. Our next story is Family Driveway Turmoil. 
My family resides in one of those rural areas where lots of land has been passed down and split up between relatives for many generations. Imagine growing up on a road not only named after your family, but more than half of your family resides at some point on said road. Naturally, this leads to some drama every decade or so. In more recent years, there was a dispute over a road sign being placed on said road, causing different branches of the family to begin to hate and act petty against one another. While I wasn't directly affected by said drama, I couldn't help but participate to help piss off the other side of the family, mostly due to them being jerks to my brother. My family can be very old school and if someone messes with your siblings, you take their side. The war went on for years, with family complaining about family to the township, state police and so on. These complaints came from side A as we'll call it, and my side, side B, really just laughed off their efforts and tried to antagonize side A through various annoying means, all of which were legal. That is where my part in the story comes along. Our road is half public, half private, with side A living on the public side and side B living on the private side. Naturally, anything we did would piss off side A, but one thing that really irked them was if I drove over 10 miles per hour on the road. Being a legal road, the speed limit was 25, which was the speed I chose to go. On a dirt road in the summer, you can imagine how much dust rose up, constantly making their houses be surrounded by a dust bomb. Their answer to my fast driving and dust clouds were to pull onto our private road and peel out, spewing rocks and dust and all that. While I didn't care that they did this, side B is easily not bothered. I saw my opportunity to mess with them in a way that they could get in legal trouble. One day when they were outside, I made sure to drive by super fast and raise as much dirt as possible. This was right at dusk. Once I hit my part of the driveway, I backed into a small garage and shut my headlights off and waited. Lo and behold, side A pulls in and backs into our road and was about to peel out, but I turned on my headlights, blinded them and blocked them in on our private road right under our no trespassing signs. Since we live in the middle of the woods, they really had nowhere to go and were stuck under my mercy. I proceeded to take pictures and call the state police about trespassers in our driveway. That day, they got slapped with warnings to leave side B alone and not trespass, had everything that happened documented and so on. So essentially, all their complaints were BS. We irked them enough to do something stupid enough to get them in actual trouble. It was grand. Side A called and tried to apologize and settle the feud after that. It was a glorious day for Side B. This to me almost feels like it's going back to some medieval thing where there's two different castles and there's poo slinging going on between the two sides of the families and between their respective castles. Next, Side B is going to plan the surprise water balloon fight and take it to Side A. This next story is going to deduct $125 from my final paycheck? That'll cost you. Once upon a time, I was a travel agent and accepted a job at a small family-run agency in Austin. Both owners also worked there along with their daughter, and they were not good managers. They were also really cheap jerks. When I joined, I brought the agency a ton of business, including a very big corporate account. When I'd finally had enough of all the stupid inter-office conflict, I applied and got a job at another agency where I'd always wanted to work and gave two weeks notice. Instead, I was summarily escorted out the door within minutes of giving my notice. 
This was back in the medieval days when all we had was a Rolodex where we kept our important contacts and the owners refused to allow me to take it with me. I knew the names and the numbers of all the clients that I wanted to take with me anyway. Whatever. I had worked there for two years by this point and eight months prior the owners had sent me on a familiarization trip which was a pretty customary way to allow an agent to experience a destination in order to better sell it. As I had never skied before, they sent me to Crest Butte for four days. The entire trip cost them $125, which included my airline ticket, shuttle, lodging, ski pass, equipment, and one morning of beginner lessons. Meals were on me, which was fine. When I received my last paycheck, they had written on the stub that they had deducted the $125. Again, whatever. I immediately spent the entire morning calling everyone that I'd ever worked with there whether I really enjoyed working with them or not. If they had spent money with me, they got a call. Everyone. The big account, of course, came with me, along with 99% of the clientele, including those clients that I developed through the last agency. Ran into the American Airlines rep at a function about six months later, and he told me that the owner had whined and complained that I cost him $250,000 in that time period alone. All for a measly $125. Yeah, if somebody is capable of moving mountains from your company, like specifically away from you, you probably don't want to give them a hard time over something small like this. I can only imagine how satisfying it must be to be in OP's position knowing you ruined an entire month for this company and probably more, you know, just totally tanked their year's performance all because they gave you a hard time over something you shouldn't have been deducted. Our next story is, long-term revenge on X never felt better. This revenge was more unintentional. I started dating a friend of mine in 2020, a month before COVID hit. Long story short, COVID really took a toll on me. I was really depressed and living on my own in a four bedroom apartment. Gained 30 pounds and was 225 pounds more or less and started playing video games with our friends, my ex, his cousin, and another friend we'd all went to high school with, who moved to Illinois. Six months later, the relationship ended mostly because his one friend and cousin wouldn't stop bullying, and he did nothing about it. They were calling me fat so many times, and lots of other horrible things. I let them sleep over at my apartment numerous times, and they continued to lie to me, about me, bully me, Even my ex would lie about me to them, which would just make it worse. I cried a lot, and my self-esteem and confidence went out the window. Summer of 2021, I had gotten a surgery that I really wanted, but in order to get it, I had to be at my goal weight. So I lost 60 pounds. Felt amazing. Well, Illinois friend and ex hadn't changed. To this day, they haven't. Illinois friend was constantly coked up and never left the house and had a degree he hated from a school he hated even more. X was miserable, never went to school and only worked dead-end jobs, always complaining about everything and the most negative excuse-ridden person I've ever met. Again, they're both still like this. Three years later, I'm still at that goal weight. I feel amazing. I've never been so happy. I'm so happy I could cry. I'm about to graduate with a BFA degree in glass blowing and a minor in business and will go on to pursue another degree, associates, in scientific glass work, which will take me a year and a half tops to get. 
I work at the most amazing place in the world in my field. I make money off of commissions and rent studio space I can finally afford with some of the best, most supportive people I've ever met. Long-term revenge is amazing. I love OP coming out here and making sure to share their experience and what worked with them. I mean, although it does kind of jump straight to the end as far as like, I lost weight and just turned everything around. It's nice to see a story from somebody who felt like they were in a bad spot and just turned it all around with hard work. I know there's lots of things in my life that I want to focus on and turn around and be better at, and hearing stories like this is definitely a motivating thing for me. Our next story is, don't question the script reader if your screenplay is full of typos. I read movie scripts for production companies, critiquing screenplays, judging story, breaking down characters, analyzing the writing in general. Niche gig, but it pays my rent and I get to read a lot of cool movies before they're made. But it does skate along the edge of conflict, because some screenwriters are, for a lack of better term, self-important jerks, who refuse to believe someone like me can criticize their masterpiece with impunity. So I'm reading this script turn of the century period piece, nothing remarkable, but I notice a few spelling errors and I'm making note of it in my coverage. I submit it and that's that. A few days later, I get an email from my supervisor. The writer takes issue with my notes. Apparently the writer submitted the script to an editor beforehand, so actually there shouldn't be any spelling errors at all. The writer also helpfully explained he's Australian. Therefore, any alleged typos are probably just regional dialect differences. To which I say, oh please, I'm cultured as tits, I know regional language differences and these aren't that. This is dressing with three S's. Obvious mistakes like that. I'm sitting at my gate at LAX and I decide I've got to spare 30 minutes to be righteously petty. So I opened up their script and made a master list of every single typo, page by page, line by line. The supply was ample. I send them an email with the master list, hope this helps, and board my flight. Never heard from them again. Lesson: Don't throw stones from inside your typo-ridden glass house. And whoever your editor is, fire them. I would definitely go straight to that editor and demand my money back. Now I don't know how much heavy lifting the editor had to do, maybe the whole book was just so full of typos that even the editor couldn't patch up the leaky holes on that ship. But the fact remains, the editor still failed them. Our next story is, you're not entitled to the fruits of my unpaid labor. Nothing in comparison to the usual on here, but petty nonetheless and I still smile two years after the fact thinking about it. For context, I was a financial advisor in training in my home country and during the pandemic, my partner was let go and soon got offered a job in the UAE. Within a matter of weeks, I'd secured a role as a trainee financial advisor with a fast track to qualification and full advisor status and we moved. Like most, I was ecstatic to be starting my new life. Day one as a trainee and I'm shuffled into a room where they're literally firing people so we have space to sit. There are some 40 odd people there, most of whom had no interest in personal finance but were lured in by the big money and glamour they were. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. For sold bartenders, bricklayers, surf teachers, car salesmen, obviously college grads. In all, I found one other person who actually wanted to work in financial advice. Within two months, I'd secured an advisor to work with and train under. I was safe. They fired people weekly with no thoughts for the fact that everyone had quit jobs and moved halfway around the world. Having an advisor meant you were less likely to be fired. The job was hard. Spend your working hours ringing strangers to sit down with the advisor. All other, spare, free, and unpaid time was spent trying to find another few hundred people to ring next week, along with studying for the exams. My advisor was what you expect, slicked back hair, personality to make anyone love him, and ruthlessly cutthroat. Did he help you in your job as your manager like he's supposed to? He'll take the bigger cut of commission. Did he speak with you but not deem your money a big enough amount to work with? Yeah, he's not answering your call. Did he threaten your livelihood? No, 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 a wordsmith would never do that. He stole and shortchanged everyone about everything. The man made tens of thousands of British pounds per month and still personally chose his assistant's date of travel to get the cheapest flights. When I finally had to acknowledge that this wasn't it for me, I wanted to help people, not shove them into commission driving products that don't suit them. Oh, I got guilted, blamed, shamed, the works. I wasn't loyal. You do realize you fire people weekly? I cleared out my desk, wrote my letter of resignation, deleted all my files and rejigged all my contacts and prospective clients in the system. This was Friday. I hadn't even left the building. I was sitting with the CEO saying my goodbyes and taking his advice. The first thing he checked was that all my contacts were still there, immediately setting someone the task of calling them all Monday morning. Nothing in this industry is more important than data. Names and contact details for the wealthiest around the world with millions of pounds squirreled away to make a fat bonus off. He didn't see people, he saw dollar signs and euro signs and pound signs. What I knew that he didn't was that the new system was set to delete all contacts that weren't updated in 30 days. Why would he pay attention when IT told him this? He had minions to do this. I deleted all actions and rejigged them so the 30-day cutoff was over that weekend. When he arrived in the following Monday, he was heard shouting, Where the freak are all my prospects? They're not your prospects. I searched for them in my free time. I paid for the services out of pocket, and I contacted them. That's my data. I gave you a year of my life, shot my nervous system to crap with stress, and gained 10 kilos. I trusted you to teach me the way, and instead, you gave me thickly veiled threats, forced me into a pay cut, and took everything you could, knowing fine well I was stranded on the other side of the world and had no choice. And you thought I'd leave the fruits of my labor? 
LOL. I'm sure the IT guy could probably recover them, if he ever thought to ask. Do boomers know you can do that? But it gives me so much satisfaction to know that this slick freak broke down his cool demeanor in front of the whole office because of me. Honestly, this guy sounds like a classic villain from like a 90s made-for-kids movie. Just unbelievably slicked back hair that's so greasy you could almost see your reflection in it. Driving some incredibly fancy red sports car. For some reason always has the need to pick at their teeth with their pinky, even if they haven't eaten all day. Our next story is, don't steal commissions from your employees. Worked at one of those car lots where they sell you a $2,500 car in 60 or 90 inflated payments with interest so high, you end up paying $25,000 for it. Office had the ridiculous selling sales manager business model, where your boss competes with you for commission on sales. Thus, the boss's success means your financial deficits and vice versa. She was the boss. No one else above her in our lot. Anyone higher rank was across town at the underwriting offices. She stole every sale she could get away with from me. When I was hired, she said, Your success is my success. Liar. She hated every single sale I made because, in her head, it should have been her extra commission on her next check. So, finally, a lady comes in, and her name is under mine in our system. The only person I ever saw, the powers that be, replaced the car she was buying when it broke down. Must have gotten a lawyer, but my boss has already set her in her office. She lowers her voice to tell her she's so sorry. It's my sale. I'm not that bad, but... The lady, of course, thinks this is a terrible thing and demands to stay with her. My boss says... Well, if you want me over her, that's a different story, and coaches her on switching salesperson 101. I'm livid. I come back the next two days while deciding I'm quitting because this is the last straw. But the lady is really difficult, and no matter what my boss does, she can't seem to satisfy her. Finally, she spends all day tracking down parts and having the car spruced up for the lady down to cleaning it herself out there, sweating and whining because the detail guy sucked. Lady comes in at the end of the day, still unhappy, has her grown son with her, boss is pissed, drops Miss Nice Sales Lady routine, and is outright trying to badger them into this car. I find out it's because there will be no commission on this sale since it's a replacement. Yes, they're being picky because they can be. I've decided to quit, so I leave at closing time, even though we're supposed to stay with the other if their sale runs late. These people had almost decided to get the car. They're standing in front of it talking. I get in my car and as I'm leaving, I pull beside them and roll down my window and say, don't let her bully you into buying anything you don't want. You don't have to get anything unless you want it, not because she decided for you. The man and woman are like, I know that's right. I said, keep looking until you find the right one. It's her job to show you every single car if that's what you want. And driving away, I see my boss walk out smiling. She thinks it's over. And I sat long enough at the exit to see the smile wiped right off her stupid, greedy face when she realized she'd be there all night. When you're working in an environment like this, there's always going to be some kind of cutthroat competition. When it's basically, whoever gets to sell this car is the one that gets the nice bonus, some people are not going to hesitate to do some cutthroat stuff to put others down to lift themselves up. 
Our next story is... Don't mess with your employee's paycheck. I, 19-year-old male, used to work at a small smoke shop in a rougher part of town. I wanted a part-time job that didn't require me too much physical labor because I was going through some medical problems at the time that made it difficult for me to lift heavy loads without feeling lightheaded and nauseous. The pay wasn't great, but I felt the $10 an hour was reasonable given the amount of work that needed to be done throughout the day was minimal. All I needed to do, for the most part, was keep the shop clean and sell product, which I was fine with. When I first met the owner, he seemed like a genuine dude. He cared a lot about profits like any business owner would, but the other employees there assured me that he cares about his employees and would take care of me. So I figured, alright, cool. There were three other people that I worked with there other than the boss. For simplicity's sake, I'll call them Caden, Nancy, and Ivan, fake names. The first week I worked was great, but when my payday came around and I asked how it worked, the boss told me to take $200 out of the register and leave a note. Looking back, that should have been red flag number one that something fishy was going on. But after doing the math, he wasn't withholding tax, so I was getting paid more than I should have been. I asked my coworkers if this was normal, and they said it was and that he did payroll this way so that he could avoid taxes. Now, a rational person would hear this and stay as far away from this business as possible, But at the time, I really enjoyed the job and found out I was really good at selling merchandise, so I decided to stay. Around a month or two in, the boss started to show his true colors. Every time I would make a very minor mistake, for example, accidentally putting a card transaction as cash on the register, he would talk down to me like I was the stupidest person on the planet, and he would call me on the store phone to do so while I had a line of customers. I also started to notice that sometimes on payday, he would tell me to take an amount from the drawer that was less than what I was supposed to get. I would call him out on it and he would fix it, but remember this for later in the story. The boss would also get in really dumb arguments with Ivan frequently and would even make it clear to the rest of us that he didn't like Ivan whatsoever. The boss cut his hours. Ivan has a couple of children to take care of and didn't tolerate this. So, Ivan quit on the spot, which with all the stuff he had to put up with, I didn't blame him. But with his absence, I had to pick up some of his hours. Then, Nancy was getting ready to move because her wife's in the military and just got out of basic training. So Nancy gave the boss a month's notice before she had to leave, and the boss did not like it. He would take every opportunity he could to lash out at her, and even started making some misogynistic remarks like, Nancy shouldn't be the only one to clean the bathroom because she's a woman and women make the bathroom dirtier, which she didn't. During this time, the boss told Kaden and I that he didn't want to hire anybody and that he only needs us good employees to keep the store running. But after Nancy left, the schedule only consisted of me and Kaden since the boss was finishing getting his new location up and running. But Kaden has another day job as an electrician and wouldn't be able to come in until 7pm most days, which left me to open Monday to Sunday at 9am and work until 7 or until Kaden came in. As you could imagine, I was not happy with this arrangement. I signed up for a part-time position, and there I was working close to 70-hour weeks, with the boss calling me at least twice a day to chew me out. I kept asking if I could take a day or two off from the shop because working 10 hour days every day was exhausting. 
Some of the regular customers were even getting a little concerned because every time they came in, I was always the one behind the counter. But he kept giving me a sob story about how he can't get Caden to pull a double shift. During my shifts at this time, I was easily earning my boss $1,500 to $2,000 in profit per day. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I feel that I'm a pretty good salesman. But he never gave me any sort of raise in pay whatsoever. The boss eventually decided to hire someone else, and I do mean someone as one person, and this dude said he could only work part-time. And for whatever reason, the boss accepted that request but none of mine. The final straw for me was when payday came one week and he only paid me $600 for a 72 hour week. I didn't even need to do the math on that one to realize he was screwing me. What made it worse was that day, he gave me a little speech about how he appreciated everything I did for him. I was fuming with anger at this point, but decided to finish out my shift. The next morning I was training the new guy, and maybe an hour after my shift started, I decided I'd had enough of the way my boss treated me. I gave my store key to the new guy and told him that I was quitting and warned him about the boss's behavior and how he'll likely get treated in the future. I made sure that the new guy knew that I had nothing against him but I wasn't going to continue working for someone who wasn't going to pay me for what he agreed to. I walked out feeling like a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders and blocked my boss on everything. Obviously the new guy told the boss what happened and he tried to call me from 5 different phone numbers throughout the week and ignored all of them. I heard from Caden that he had to close his new location for almost a week so he could work my shifts which cost him a whole lot of money. If I had to guess, it would be close to $5,000 to $6,000 in profit loss, which is a lot of money he could have saved by just paying me what I was owed. But that isn't where the story ends, folks. I didn't know it yet, but I had one last cherry to add on to his crap storm ice cream. A week or so goes by, and I noticed that someone at the shop was using my Spotify account. I forgot to log out of my account on the sound system for the shop, And let me tell you, I got so excited. I had a buddy of mine go in as a customer to witness what I was about to do. I found a playlist called Worst Songs to Have Sex To, filled with songs like Cotton Eyed Joe and the Barney and Caillou theme songs. I wish I could have gone inside to see the boss's face as he tries in vain to change the music, but my buddy's recount will have to do. He kept trying to change the music back, but every time he did, I had my phone ready in my hand to unleash the reading rainbow. My buddy came back to the car and we were laughing all the way home. So moral of the story, don't mess with your employees paycheck. I mean, I know that OP's not going to report them for the tax stuff because it kind of implicates OP for accepting that. At least I feel like that would probably be the primary concern. I don't know if you actually would get in trouble or not. Probably too much of a hassle than it's worth, even though I feel like at some point, either this business just dies out and shuts down, or it will become reported at some point and it's going to catch up. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.